0: Welcome to the About Seth podcast, where we're talking all things Seth Godin. Today, I'm diving into part four of The Dip by Seth Godin. The Dip, subtitled Extraordinary Benefits of Knowing When to Quit and When to Stick. And in essence... The argument is that being the best in the world is seriously underrated. So in order to become best in the world, we need to quit the wrong stuff, stick with the right stuff, and have the guts to do one or the other. So the first section I want to talk about is the eight dip curve. So these are eight examples of a dip. And knowing that there will be a dip and and seeing a dip coming can be highly beneficial because it means you can choose to either do whatever it takes to get through the dip before you even get there or quit before you even start. Quitting in the dip is one of the worst mistakes you can make. So some of the examples include a manufacturing dip. It's easy and fun to start tinkering and building stuff in your garage, but it's difficult and expensive and time-consuming to ramp up to large-scale production. The dip keeps supply down, which makes it worthwhile for those who push through the dip and invest the time and effort and money and courage to scale up their operations. Sales dip. Most ideas start when one person, you, (laughs) sells it. The dip hits when upgrading to a professional sales force, and usually the competitor who builds a large, aggressive sales force first has a huge advantage. Education dip. There's almost always a dip when you're learning something new. At the start, when it's easy, things click, but when the dip hits, then the complexity increases. Risk dip. At some point, bootstrappers realize that they can't pay for everything themselves. The successful ones are those that know the difference between taking on investment to push through the dip and taking on investment for a risky gamble. Relationship dip. There are people and organizations that can help you later, but only if you invest the time and effort to work with them now, even though now is not necessarily the easy time for you to do it. Conceptual dip. The assumptions that you hold have got you this far, but maybe in order to get to the next level, you need to embrace a new, bigger set of assumptions. Ego dip. When it's all about you, it's easier, but giving up control can lead to far greater leverage. Most people struggle with relinquishing some of the control or the spotlight, and that's why there's a dip, and that's why most people don't make it through, and that's precisely why it's beneficial to do exactly that distribution dip it's easy to get distribution in some places like online and it's hard to get your product in others like a like a Walmart or a Target but getting your product in those hard to attain distributors means you'll probably sell more products than if you just sell in the easy places why scarcity everyone is in the easy spots very few are in the tougher ones the next section seeing the curve in advance It's pretty easy to determine whether something is a cul-de-sac or a dip. The hard part is doing something about it. Now there's nothing wrong with optimism, but the pain and the waste comes when the optimists have to make the hard choices when they get stuck in the dip. If we know the benefits of quitting, and with some application we can see the curves coming, why don't we quit the wrong stuff sooner? It's because day to day it's easier to stick with something we're used to that doesn't make too many waves and that doesn't hurt the valley of death that's the goal of any competitor to create a dip so long and so deep that the nascent competition can't catch up the big opportunity if you can get through the dip if you can keep going when the system is expecting you to stop you will achieve extraordinary results People who make it through the dip are scarce, so they generate more value. But you already knew that. You're not stupid. You can see that big benefits accrue to those that don't quit. They share the income, the attention, the privileges, and the respect with only a very small handful of others. But you always knew that. So the reason that you should change now is because you can change the story that you tell yourself. As we grew up, we were told that quitting was a moral failure and a weakness. But knowing what to quit and quitting early can actually be a phenomenal strength. Quitting the stuff you don't care about or the stuff you're mediocre at, or better yet, quitting the cliffs and the cul-de-sacs frees up your resources to obsess about the dips that matter. If you're going to quit, quit before you start. Reject the system. Don't play the game if you realize that you can't be the best in the world at it. Serial quitters spend a lot of time in line. If you observe the queues at a supermarket, you'll see there are three basic strategies. The first is to find the shortest line and stick to it. The second is to pick the shortest line and switch at a maximum of once if something holds up your line, like the the kid forgets their, their lollipop or something. And the third is to pick the shortest line and then keep scanning all of the other options in case one of them becomes shorter than yours. The problem with this strategy is that every time you switch lines, you're starting over. In search of a quick fix, you almost certainly waste your time and you definitely waste the energy jumping back and forth. Now, there are cues everywhere, not just at the supermarket. We all know some wannabe who's in their fifth or twelfth or thirtieth project because every time they hit an obstacle, they switch to a new, easier, better option they're never going to get anywhere because even though they're trying, the constant switching means they'll never get a good run at anything. And while starting something new is thrilling, it's not until you get through the dip that your efforts really pay off. And the sad news is, when you start over, you get very little credit for the amount of time that you spent standing in line at your last venture. Average is for losers. Quitting at the right time is difficult, So, the most common response to a dip is to play it safe. We do ordinary work that won't get us in trouble, which is precisely why so few people become best in the world. You can't just survive the dip. You can't just slowly make your way through it. The dip presents an opportunity to create something so amazing that people can't help but talk about it, recommend it, and, of course, choose it. Average feels safe, but it's not. Average is invisible. If you're not able to get through the dip in an exceptional way, you must quit. So, the next time you feel yourself being average when you feel like quitting, realize that you only have two choices, quit or be exceptional. Average is for losers. Thank you for listening to the About Seth podcast. I hope you learned something along the way. I strongly urge you to check out more Seth Godin. You could either buy one of his books, check out one of his TED Talks, or subscribe to his daily blog. Or go to aboutseth.com.